Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 63 of the podcast. Before we get into the two lovely games we've picked for you today, I want to bust through the social media or internet presence as we try to figure out what to call this thing. As you will notice, we are now back to doing it on the front end. We tried it one time on the back end, and we both absolutely hated it. So it's going to go back to how it used to be, staying on the front end. We're going to run through it as quickly as we can manage so we can get to the good stuff. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the general way to follow us. Everybody knows what all those things are. That's where we post about uh, when we're recording, anything else going on the podcast, sharing links about things we think are cool that are relevant to the podcast are all on those three things. I do post when we record, uh, and you can write into those uh, any questions for us, comments about current or past games, anything like that, and we'll read the stuff on the podcast if we ever get any submissions. We are on, we have a Discord channel, like every, like everybody's got one, uh, that's for talking to us directly, we, we, have, we have a little bit of interaction on there, you can go on there and see what folks are talking about, uh, you know, you find the Discord link in our show notes. We're on uh, Twitch, of course, we try to stream, when we got one going, me and Blake will stream co-op games, we don't do too much individual streaming. You maybe should have streamed all that Lego game, probably. Maybe. Uh, we don't do too much individual streaming. We do stream co-op games. Our last big thing we were doing was Chaos Bane, the Warhammer game. We kind of completed it, mostly, so we might not stream that no more. And we tried to stream It Takes Two, but we're getting blocked by EA or something, so we're not really streaming that. So when we have another co-op game we're playing together that will let us stream, You will, if you follow us on there or follow us on any of the social media, you'll see us pop up and we're trying to do a stream we have a patreon of course anybody who has a, pa- a podcast these days has a patreon all that really is is uh, a way to support the podcast or podcast creators or any kind of creators is doing stuff that you really enjoy listening to or stuff like that uh, our patreon really just has you like a, a early access to the episodes right now like a week early i will post the unedited messy shall we say episode you get it on the Patreon a week early, and then a week after that, I post the edited, cleaned up version. It's just early access. We have another one too, another tier that nobody's really taking taking advantage of yet. It's just really just picking. We would uh, pick a let's say pick any any game at all off of Game Pass, and we will stream it for you for a couple couple hours probably, and see how that goes. So that's on there as well. I have a Spotify playlist that I make for all the bands that I play on the podcast, the song that I play in the podcast. Uh, we'll be adding to that today, so you can follow the link to follow that if you want to listen to these songs later or keep track of what bands we've played and follow those bands. That'd be great. I play music uh, during this intro in the background. You can hear it now. I think 
I'm not sure which one. I, I alternate between two different people right now. If you're a musician of sorts and, and make music and you want to hear your music on a podcast, so you can submit it to uh, our, our email address. Would probably be the best way, like a little MP3 to our email address. That's the number two smoky controllers at gmail.com and I will uh, I'll listen to it first of course because I'm a I'm a picky baby but uh, most likely if you if you take the, if do the effort of submitting it to the podcast I'll probably play it in the background here and then I'll share your name and everything any links and names you want me to share for you in the podcast we appreciate anybody who wants to do that we have a lock stock and two smoke controllers merchandise store there's all kinds of goodies on there hats, water bottles, pillows, I think, and a glorious pair of underwear, which I really wish somebody would buy and post a gross picture online for us. That would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> cross promotion. We do have Action, the movie podcast, uh, a, a podcast that kind of piggybacked or say backdoor pilot. People people often don't know what a backdoor pilot is. Uh but that's, that other show spawned out of this one. It's so Blake, uh, in, this, in this show, Blake tries to sell you on movies quickly and without spoiling them. Uh, very tough job, but uh, but that helped us lead to another, the full regular movie podcast idea with our, uh, our good friend Steve, where him and they go back and forth picking movies. And that's a full spoiler podcast. They warn you ahead of time, and they want you to listen to the movies before you listen. And they go, they deep dive into the directors, writers, actors, and the plot and scenes and stuff like that. It's really fun to listen to. We have a lot of fun making it with Steve. He's a great guy. And we're going to continue promoting Blake's short story he self-published on Amazon. Um, you can find it by searching They Come This Night. It'll pop up immediately. It is free if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber. Or if you want to support Blake a little more, it's only 99 cents or a dollar, one of the one of those things. And uh, you'll really appreciate that. If you buy it and read it, we do ask that you uh, leave a review on Amazon. We care more about that because than general podcast things because niche podcasts don't get very big, but a couple of reviews and a couple of things on Amazon could help his story uh, get more notice and get people to buy it. It would be really cool and would motivate him to finish writing his many other writing projects he has going. Uh, that's all I have. Links to everything that I just talked about can all be found in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, so go there if you don't feel like looking up or searching for anything that I've mentioned. You can just go straight to the podcast links on your phone here and tap any one of the things and follow us, write to us, do anything you feel like doing for us there. We appreciate anybody doing anything at all. I think that's all I have. All right. Blake's going to jump into the first of our two games, and I will have a band on the end. All right, everybody. The first game we'll be diving into today is um, during our hiatus, we... Uh, we didn't have access to our consoles, and so we decided to dive into our handhelds, primarily the 3DS and the Nintendo eShop. And so one of these is a game we bought. Well, both games were bought, but one's from the eShop and one's a physical copy. So the first game we're diving into is the Pokemon trading card game.
<laughs> we did play Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire during this time. We like, why talk about the big Pokemon game on this podcast? We'll talk about the obscure, weird Game Boy Color game from 25 years ago. 22, close. 22. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, 24. If you did you jab anyway, we all get into it. Just here in a second. All right, so it's the Pokemon trading card game. Now, it's actually uh, co-developed by two separate teams. Uh, the first one being Hudson Soft, which I think we've... I'm not sure if I've spoken about them before. Uh, but they've been around for a long, long time. Uh, they've been around since 1973. They developed, didn't they vote Golden Sun or something? The... Probably, or they may have helped publish it. Like, the, like I only dipped into the ones they specifically developed. Okay. Ones, they're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and as of 2020, they had uh, 420 plus employees. Hudson Soft did. They're pretty massive. Uh, man. I feel like I've seen their name attached to maybe. What's the uh, Harvest Moon? That picture where I've seen that name. I, usually I can picture a logo of a company hey, in my it's, head. It's that little bumblebee. Hudson Soft. It's yeah, the bumblebee. I think they did Harvest Moon. I think they published a bunch of stuff too. On PlayStation. Yeah. PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. But games they specifically developed. Uh, they are responsible for some pretty heavy hitters, honestly. Uh, Fusion Frenzy 2. <laughs> That's the top of your list? <laughs> no, I just wanted to have fun with that. But um, Mario Party, they're responsible oh, for the Mario Party people. All Mario Party, hmm. even the current ones, all of them. They're responsible for Mario Party. Period. And they're also responsible for Bomberman, the creation of Bomberman in every game since. Yeah, had had a good. Well, I guess I guess Bomberman R has been pretty well received. But I, I, even that really weird, like Bomber- dark Americanized '64 version or whatever. Oh, that was the Xbox. That was the Xbox, Xbox version. Yeah. yeah, my bad trying to be gritty and stuff and nobody played it they're also responsible for another one called uh, Manate Detsetsu which is basically Japanese Monopoly it's literally what it is mm-hmm. but it's not Monopoly but it is literally Japanese, Japanese real estate you, you buy instead of like, you, you buy property and you pass video, video games it's a video game and board game okay cool and now, one of their more obscure ones, and I've spoken about, I would love to see a return of this particular uh, franchise. Franchise, I would absolutely. I I suck at these type of games, but I would love to see it come back just so I could play it on a modern console. But they're responsible for Bloody Roar. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What a company! It's really got their spread their wings and did all did all kinds of things. I think they surprised Bloody Roar hasn't come back to modern consoles. It would be amazing. Yeah, modern graphics and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, just what is it? Uh, Ginny the bat and yeah. Bakaru the uh, mole and George the gorilla. Like, you yeah. know, all these awesome ones. Like, imagine these those cheesy transformations in gorgeous modern day graphics. Yeah, like, it cool. would be awesome. Yeah, things do randomly come back. I mean, and then see Hudson Soft still around. Mm-hmm. I would love it. I would so. love to play. Like, I suck at it, but I would love to play mm-hmm. a bloody roar nowadays. Yeah, they, they got up to what PS2 maybe. I think so. As far as it went, because there was yeah. I don't want to. This isn't really a podcast, but I'd love to see it come back. Now, the the second company that helped co-develop is a company called Creatures. Now, they're not exactly a gaming company specifically, but as of they they kind of came around in '95 is when they kind of first started. 
Oh, scratch that. They were named Ape prior to that, I think in 93 or so. And then they were kind of absorbed and bought by Game Freak for Nintendo. Rebranded. Mm-hmm. But as as Ape, uh, they actually are responsible for creating Mother. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The, original, the original developer the original, for Mother? The original developer for Mother. But that's really the only thing they did, because they did that and then a couple... I they, wonder, because uh, Mother just hit, well, they call it Earthbound Beginnings, I guess, just hit uh, the, the Nintendo pass online thing i don't know i don't know what it's called i wonder if that if it's uh when it pops up when you when you play it, if it if eight pops up or if they've updated it when they when they updated it to say earthbound origins or whatever it's called earthbound beginnings if it says some modern company or just says nintendo now or it, something it, who knows I wonder. so it's a weird question but yeah i wonder if, it, if they still keep their old name attached to it as of recently they're, again they're, they're based out of japan as well uh, tokyo japan i believe uh they are responsible for, as weird as it is, uh, their primary directive is Pokemon modeling. Mm-hmm. And that includes anything where Pokemon has appeared. Mm-hmm. That includes uh, like Smash Brothers, that Pokemon tournament, any card game, any commercial, anything where you so see... Those are big time art company. Their primary thing is Pokemon and all modeling referring to Pokemon. Well, the name, the name makes sense, then. Yeah, creatures, which is better than ape. So they've done good and bad over the years. A little bit. Well, even it, it's not they didn't they just did the modeling. They didn't you know so have the ideas. I guess mm-hmm. surely they've surely they've got to pitch some ideas for Pokemon. I'm sure they have, but the other thing, uh, they didn't work on. It's, when I say they're responsible for the modeling. Uh, I think it was taken care of in-house for a little bit, but when it, they actually started doing 3D models and stuff, I think as of X and Y, X and, for the games X and Y Ford, they've been solely responsible for doing all the modeling for the games. Not 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 necessarily the programming or any of that, but with the character models and the Pokemon models. Cool. Tries everything. So that's I still think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a big job. Mm-hmm. Sure, keeps them busy year round. Oh God, yes. Getting ready for every. I mean, what was it last? Was it last year when? Uh, and this year, where like Diamond and Pearl came out, and Arceus, and then right, 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 right on the tails of that, now is Scarlet and, and Violet. Violet. So they're like they're just like banging, like just working. Probably, oh, we get crunch culture. This just is the big topic in gaming these past couple of years. But the, all those just, games were like announced, you know, three or four years ago. It's not like they were rushing. They were like, "Hey, these are coming out." Yeah, that's still a lot of a lot yeah, of games a lot. and a lot of a lot of, a lot of work to be done. Well, when you got two hundred plus employees, I'm sure you can split the team pretty well. Yeah. And uh, besides all that, too, they are responsible for the actual physical TCG, the trading card game. They're responsible for that as well. Completely. Okay. They handle all of that in-house so like all the art you see for the cars and stuff mm-hmm. the real we're talking about the real real life the stuff the real life one yeah, not, not just the, not just the game okay for all of it so that's pretty crazy yeah they were pretty they lied they were either I, I'm sure I, they got their hundred and something employees divided mm-hmm. doing different things oh this, yeah you know this 50's doing card game this 50's doing this this 50's doing this you, 50's doing a remake of the old Pokemon game this 50's doing the new game and you'd hope yeah. Or I'm sure if they, when it comes down to crunch, like, hey, everybody, we need to focus on Scarlet Violet. Or, hey, everybody, we need to, you know, 
pause that for today. Let's move over to this. I'm yeah, sure there's yeah, some interruptions. That's office. just boring business stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so in case you haven't figured it out yet, the uh, the genre of the game is a tabletop card game, card collecting game. Um, and this is on the Game Boy Color. Originally. Which, originally, but we played a digital copy on the 3DS East Shop, which I think was like $6 or something like that. Something like that. Very, very cheap. And if you're interested in doing it, you may have heard that the uh, eShop is closing uh, March of next year. So if you want to get on that and buy any cheap digital games like that while you still can. Because we're still going going through it ourselves and you know nitpicking a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of Pokemon games, other Pokemon games on there we're going to try to get. But, I mean, the Pokemon trading card game, it's... it's I mean, six bucks. I mean, even if you didn't like it, which we'll, we'll get into, just me, me a little bit, like six bucks isn't that much of an investment to try out something really cool from a while ago. So I'm going to kind of, some of the uh, random things that go on is basically <laughs> it's Pokemon-ish. Yeah. Uh, you start out, you're on like a random island. And then you have a, a, a Pokemon. You have a professor, but he's a professor of cards. Mm-hmm. And he, he tells you your goal is to become strong and collect all the cards, including the the legendary cards. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just get dropped into a tutorial on how to like deck build and everything. And then you're kind of just off. And you can literally just go anywhere. There's yeah, nothing there's, that there's stops no, you from... There's no direction, which is one of the main things that kind of bothered me about it. I was hoping it would follow more of a structure of a traditional Pokemon game, but it kind of it doesn't. It throws that out the window. It's kind of like here you go, here's the world map. Literally go anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. And it, I, 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 as stupid as it sounds, it's like I did pull a guide up because yeah. it's it's luck based. You know, it's deck building, so you don't really have full control. But at least it was it, I with the guide. It was like, oh, go here. This is the easiest gym. Has a few. The few people has the the smallest winning conditions, because mm-hmm. winning conditions were what you had these little prize cards, yeah, anywhere from two to six, and depending you only draw a prize card if you killed one of your or fainted <laughs> one of your po- one of your opponent's Pokemon. Now another way to win is if you killed all their Pokemon that they had on field, and then you would just automatically win. Even if even if you still had like three or four cards to draw, if they had nothing to play, you automatically won. Oh, okay. So you had two separate forms of winning condition. Sort of like it's like in Magic, not not, not the same thing, but if you had, if you run out of cards to draw, it's yeah. just a, like a default winning condition. Yeah, there's multiple ways to to win. Now the game itself included the first three sets of Pokemon, which uh, were the 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 base set, the starter set that had all three of the original starters, and then the jungle set and the fossil set, and all three sets were released uh, before the game came out in America. They were all released between ninety seven and ninety nine in Japan, and then America got them as it went on. Okay. So, oh, speaking of that, uh, the release dates. I didn't even talk about that. Uh, Japan, it came out. Uh, Christmas in 98 and then in America it came out in April tw- uh, 2000 so there's a bit of a there's pretty big I guess because that's a lot of translating the cards into English so it also probably wasn't a huge priority they're like oh, let's see if we make any money off this mm-hmm. 
Do you have anything to add? I feel like I'm talking about. No, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't play it for all that long. Honestly, I played it first, but I didn't play it for all that long. I let you get into talking how it plays and stuff like that first before I talk about. Cause I didn't even beat any of the gyms. And because uh, it, it it does follow a sort of Pokemon uh, plan because because you can go anywhere, but there are the the eight clubs that each have a club leader, and you have to get the medal for winning. Mm-hmm. Each and you know each one, and of course as you, I think is it in sets of two or sets of four, where there's a uh, a challenge hall that opens up that gives you access to like exclusives, but you only get one one chance at that time. But then once you beat the game in the post game, you can literally have access to everything. So you can, there are moments where you get one chance to get a card mm-hmm. until post game. Yeah, but. I don't know. I did pretty good. Yeah. I uh, was playing. I played I played first. Uh, this is coming out of... We just beat... I just beat Sapphire is what I played. Blake played Ruby. We're coming out of that and wanted to play another... Kind of wanted to play another Pokemon game. Because to us, like, we've been we've been replaying the old games. Like, we started with Red and Blue and then Gold and Silver and now Ruby and Sapphire. And we've always come, coming out of the... We seem like the, the ending of a lot of these games is kind of disappointing. You're kind of like getting into a groove and kind of things start rolling and then you kind of beat the Elite Four and these games are just kind of over with. We always come out, we always start, like, we have this weird thing so far where we're like really enjoying the beginning of a Pokemon game, kind of enjoying the middle and the time you wrap up on the end of a game, you're kind of, you kind of feel empty on the end. So we came out, of the, came out of these Ruby and Sapphire kind of, kind of wanting to do something else. Well, they've also remedied that for them a little bit. As the later, later ones, you get some interesting post games. Yeah, we talked about Sword and Shield a while back on this podcast, how much we greatly disliked those games, and I I didn't even do the post game and that like I didn't even get the I didn't even catch the legendary the little Sword and Shield dogs, mm-hmm. didn't even bother catching them in those games because I was so sick of playing those games. After you pseudo beat that game, it kind of kept going. Yeah. We've talked about as we work our way through the series, we might give them another chance. I mean, Blake bought the uh, expansions and then never played them. I started one of them and then I just kind of never got back to it yeah. I do want to give him another go though with less um, I don't know disappointment in my eyes yeah I stopped judging him so harshly yeah but uh, back to this one we were we were just we wanted to play something else Pokemon it kind of felt we want to play more Pokemon it was like, but some, do something different we were like oh and the trading card game is cheap and we remember liking it when we were kids so we bought it right away and I went straight into it and uh, started losing almost almost immediately. The uh, what sucks about this game, and um, I guess Blake found a way around it because he ended up beating the games. He's more persistent than I am. I have the same problem when I was playing Magic the Gathering against AI. Is the uh, the AI of well the AI of Magic the Gathering just flat out cheats. They they draw the perfect cards they need. Uh, this game does that too. It's the problem with fighting an AI in a card game. Is you obviously there's no it's random quote unquote, but like it's a computer and you can't see the data. So they're clearly going to draw more often than not. They're going to draw exactly what they need. And then, uh, there's no, the difficulty spike here is I feel like was immense. Like even the first people, the first people I was playing up against had a master understanding of the game mechanics. It's like there, there, there was no normal, like easy, normal, hard level of AI in this Pokemon game. Like everybody just had mastered the Pokemon trading. Everybody you played against, 
from a lowly grunt to a Pokemon tra- gym trainer, or whatever, had a club complete, leader. you know, club leader, had a complete and total master understanding of all game mechanics. And I thought that was quite exhausting playing against these folks that would do like five or six things in a turn. Like you like, you're like two turns in and they've done taken like two of my three prize cards. So I'm just like, I don't even know what's happening. And I like throwing people out, doing an attack, pulling them back in, throwing somebody else out, doing a special move, and pulling them out and doing that. And I'm like, I don't even, can you stop taking your turn? <laughs> Is most what I, and I, 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 when I quit, I, I lost against the same person like seven times in a row. And I was like, I guess I'm done playing this because I'm not getting any progress. And I just have, and they're, and the way they were, and they're crushing me. Like, is that, does that feeling like of getting crushed by a Pokemon I would never use in the main game? It was like a Scyther was like decimating my entire party. And I'm like, a Scyther can't kill anything in Pokemon. Like, I, w- I would just blow a Scyther out of the, out of the freaking water in, in a main game. So that's that's my own mindset. That's nothing to the card games are different. The card game is different. And uh, another thing, I'll go into another thing I didn't like, and then you can go into things you did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, after playing, we had played three three gen, three gens at this point, so I have a pretty good familiarity of, of moves and move sets and what's going on with Pokemon. The cards are just littered with things that aren't in the game. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, there's so many things that aren't moves. Like when you when you play a Pokemon game, you know that they have the four, the four moves and they learn more moves. There is no obscure, random things that they can do just because they're... But anyway, the cards are just littered with things that ain't Pokemon moves. It was just rubbing me the wrong way, I guess, as a... I mean, as a grown-ass man, I guess it shouldn't be bothering me, but I was just like, why does this... man bothered by a children's card game. Why does this thing have two... This this card has two abilities, and neither one are actual Pokemon moves? Like, come on, give me me one. You know, give me one of them. But they're both doing, like, random things, and they missed out on... um, they were kind of lost a bit on typing a little bit. You might you might get into that while you're while you're talking about it. They get a bit obscure on typing. They're missing some types. So like a Geodude is like a fighting type in this, or just like Geodudes are a rock type. Come on, get your get your story straight here. But there's no rock type in the card game. Which why would they leave out a type in the card game? Who who knows? I guess some some things are on the cutting room floor there. Those are some things I did not like about this game that I did not complete. Like you want to talk about a. The stuff you did like and talk about what winning is like. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or doing good in the game. Or how you, uh, here I go again, how you beat a cheating AI repeatedly. Because you started winning pretty pretty quickly, I feel like. Well, I am persistent when it comes to card games. Because I've played, I get it. Because the game does do some absolute cheating when it comes to certain things. Yeah. It, it, it ain't running, and I'm not just saying cheating because we're, we're whining about cheating in video games. It's like when you it, you have to play a card game against an AI, and, and you and you'll see you'll see things when you're familiar with the game, as familiar as he is with Pokemon, and as familiar as we both are with Magic together. You'll see things happening, and you're, and you're just like, that's not, you know, the, the, the consistency sometimes that they get in their cards. You're just like, that's not, that wouldn't happen in real life. Like, there's no way you'd get the look of a draw. Unless you're like Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess, and you believe in the heart of the cards, there's just things that happen against digi- digital like AI players and card games that just rubs you the wrong way, and it's definitely not right. And this game has that. And, and talking about it's one thing having an understanding of it. If you've played these games, you have the understanding we have that you can clearly you can see cheating, like AI cheating in, in a game like this. Because it, it it definitely bumps the odds. Uh, as a ran- here's that kind of a random thing. I have a 
uh, a nine tails. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of its its uh, attack uh, is you flip eight coins, and you deal ten damage per heads you heads. get. And uh, I would do that, and I would get tails eight times in a row. I was like, really, really? Yeah, that's how but that's. You, but you fight a nine tails. I, it never it, got eight, but I think the it would get like four or five. Four or five, which is enough to kill most Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, come on now, like it's, it's realistically it's supposed to be fifty fifty on a coin. It's it's one of those things where I witnessed both ends. I witnessed being absolutely decimated by uh by an AI, like a, a fairly weak AI, not even a gym leader. But then uh now probably my proudest moment, uh I actually uh I was doing against the the psychic club leader. Now let me preface this. I'd already lost uh, anywhere from eight to twelve times, you know, just <laughs> just because I'd go in, try it. Okay, that went really well, and I'd have to augment, or eventually, I would just read a strategy, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, because he uses these types, just use these types." You know, it was pretty good guide. But during his type, or during my fight with him, I managed to. It, it just really lucky. He literally, all he was drawing was, he was drawing no energy. All he had were his um, energy is how you, what you attach to the cards to make them attack, or you attach to the abilities and so on and so forth. It's your mana, like in Magic the Gathering. Except you attach it straight to the Pokemon, yeah. not, not just tap it. And anyway, so he had one energy. He had like one creature with like one energy, and it was, all it could do was... um. It was a slow poke, and if it was a heads or tails, and if it got heads, it heals. If it tails, it didn't. And so it kind of lasted for a little while, but he kept having to discard because he wasn't drawing energies and the ability to evolve. And I ended up killing his slow poke around turn three or four, probably, and I won. He, he I drew my one puzzle. He's like, opponent has no more Pokemon, and so I, I was like, yes, you know, I witnessed it like. I've like, witnessed he's like one time. It sounds well, like I, well, it had it happen a couple of times. But that was the biggest one. What yeah. I had tried. That was probably the one I tried the most fight because mm-hmm. I lost. I feel like the game felt bad for you. Like I, we're gonna throw my freaking bone. It probably, but I mean, I managed. I, I beat the entire game. For the, yeah. when, when it's like you can cheat or anything. It's just persistence. Yeah, persistence and getting lucky. Did you uh, collect all the cards or did you stop it? I certain? didn't. Like uh, the game has a total of. 266 cards including like I said earlier the first three sets and then there are some exclusive ones that you can only get in game now you can get them in real life if you attach the the what is it Game Boy Color iToy printer thing and take four hours to print the image out <laughs> you can print exclusive cards that's kind of cool though. you can and they were I think they were made legal temporarily but then they're just like that's dumb don't we, we, can't, we can't make them legal <laughs> <laughs> But you can't. You were able to print them out and play them for a while. That's pretty cool. I think after everything was said and done, I probably had the game. It was. Hold on. You know what? Give me one second. I actually took a picture of my end game, so I could remember it for a moment, just like this. Mm. All right. So I played a total of sixteen hours and fourteen minutes, <laughs> and I managed to collect a hundred and ninety-seven cards out of. 226 it's not bad that's really not awful like I could have played more but I was like 
Yeah, I beat it. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. done with this, I I'm guess. Okay. And a uh, random side note for me is anytime I play a, a game nowadays, I make sure my character's name is Chocobo because that's like my gamer tag and a bunch of other things. Gamer tag. Just full gamer tag. If you want to find them on Xbox or PlayStation, it's Chocobo Stampede. It's really hilarious. But with uh, PlayStation, it's Chocobo underscore Stampede. Oh, well, there you go. But regardless. But I couldn't... Uh, Chocobo was too long. So I named my character, Wark! <laughs> <laughs> with an exclamation point, so people were just barking at me the whole game. That's funny. You didn't tell me that before. So that was, I just thought that was, a, that was a good me joke for that. Funny only to you and apparently, okay. apparently me. That's all that matters. Now, when, when we were talking about the different types uh, a minute ago, yeah, about how Geodude and Rhydon are rock and ground types, but those don't exist. So I actually have a breakdown here for the card types for those who don't know, if you care. So you have this, this might have changed, and then this is a game in 1990, what 2000, 1998, you said it, it's changed ish in, re- in real life. They probably have all the types, probably. No, nope. they don't. Really? No, I'll wow. go through it right here. So early on, in this particular game, uh, grass covers grass, poison, and bug. Hmm. Fire covers fire. Water covers water and ice. And uh, lightning covers electric. And then you have fighting, which covers fighting, rock, and ground. Hmm. And then the psychic type covered uh, psychic and ghost. I didn't realize I wasn't a ghost type, yeah. And then you had Colorless, which did uh, normal flying and dragons. <laughs> now That's th- a mess. Well, they've updated it. And so now, uh, earlier, uh, okay, I think in grass I said grass, poison, and bug. Poison didn't exist at, at all until more recently. Then they added poison to grass and poison to psychic. As well as they've added darkness, metal, dragon, and fairy. And those they called it metal, not steel. Yeah, po- the, the card game is vastly different from. I the, know, but like, just match the terminology, people. It's a card game, so certain things just it's hard to do, I guess, or it makes it too complicated. It's not hard to say steel instead of metal. I don't know, but they they said they've added a couple of things: fairies, fairy, dragons, dragon, metal is steel, darkness. Is dark and poison. Colorless is still dragon flying normal. Poison nowadays covers psychic ghost, poison, and fairy. And it's still the fighting work ground for fighting. And they just kind of added. I'm not even sure if they have all the types in there because there's 18 types mm-hmm. of Pokemon. But regardless, that's a whole other avenue I'm not going to be too nerdy on. Now, this game was incredibly well received. Yeah. Incredibly so. Uh, Japan, in its first year, sold uh, over 600,000 copies. Mm-hmm. It's made more, of course, after that, but it's for the, you know, they only had track of their first year. Got, got two more from us. And then in America, its first year, it made 1.5 million. Okay. That's a lot for a card game. In its first year, yeah. Well, what happened was, is it came out... People, this, this came out after Red and Blue, but before Gold and Silver. came out in 2000. Thousand, so it may have been April two thousand. So I think November two thousand would have been gold and silver. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, so it only it only covers Gen one. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like I said, it got incredibly high ratings. Most of the people giving it the high rating was like, it's all the fun. It is literally all the fun of Pokemon training. Not spending the money. Yeah, no cost, no clutter, because everything is inside the cartridge, yeah. and you could still battle your friends. 
And it had a special feature called a card pop, which is as long as you guys infrared or trade linked, I forget which, is it randomly gave each of you a card from the other person's game that they that they owned. But you can only card pop with one one time, one time with the trainer. One time. You had trainer IDs, just like you do in the yeah. main series. But you train a whole bunch of people and everyone. So me and Blade didn't. Me and Blade didn't card pop, even though we're pretty sure the uh, digital version could, because the digital versions of these games are pretty cool. Because like we're, we're allowed to uh, trade wirelessly on red and blue because they and gold and silver and gold and silver because they set it up to work wirelessly through the through the DS, which is really cool. We didn't bother card popping because I wasn't playing the game. Guess he's a douchebag. <laughs> now, er. Like I said, I, I lost a bunch, but there is no <laughs> drawback. Was there a win-lose stat somewhere in the game? Not that I could tell. I'd be curious to see your amount of wins compared to your amount of losses. Yeah, I had a, I, had a, I thought that like back in the day, maybe I'm thinking of other, other games, that like when you lost, they took one of your cards, but like literally nothing happens when you lose. You just appear back outside in front of them. You just try again. Well, I think the whole point is they're trying, because Pokemon's always been about... The games, for the most part, been about being friendly and like your. Well, in the main franchise, when you die, you lose half your money. That is true. At least to at least to a certain point in the game. I don't I don't know if it stopped in the later games, but you white out. They call it, and you lose half your money. I guess that is true. So I don't know. There was no money in this. There was yeah. no way to go buy cards. You just well, you feel, when you when you beat a trainer, you do get a booster pack. That's how you get more cards. You get one to two, and if it were a gym leader, sometimes three. Mm-hmm. Booster and, packs are random. Mm-hmm. They well, they are set to. They can be set to a certain. You'll pick like a fire pack, and you'll get more fire stuff. Yeah, there was like. I forget what they called them in game, but it was. I say this like I ever won a match. I literally never won a match, so I never saw a booster pack. I just know this from the past and through Blade that if you win, you get a pack. Yeah, I don't tell you about that. I never actually did win a game. That's sad. I went to different. I went. I moved around to the different areas and tried different fighting different people with my crappy little deck and couldn't beat anybody. Well, uh, it's a kind of cool thing too. Is there's actually. Uh, two cameos in game. There's the president CEO of a Game Freak Pokemon, or I think, and his name is um, Sunokazu Ishihara. Mm-hmm. And in game, there's a character named Mister Ishihara, mm-hmm. and he would so you battle. You battle him, and he would also be the guy who I think in during the Elite Four, he was the guy who hosted mm-hmm. the. Uh, the competition and stuff like that. And then the the composer for the game, uh, Tamgaki Imakuni, mm-hmm. and he was a character in-game who was Imakuni with a bunch of like question marks and exclamation points after his name. And he had like a black suit with big old bunny ears on it. It was weird. <laughs> uh, but he had his own special theme and everything. And he came in randomly, and he was a character. I think he had the, the exclusive cards. And you could only beat him after you had so many badges, you'd just kind of appear randomly. And if you beat him, you got an exclusive card, but if you lost, he would disappear again. Mm. But then in post-game, you could fight him as many times as you want, and each time you fought him, you'd get your exclusive. Yeah, cool. And the, uh, again, like standard Pokemon, you did actually have a rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Ronald. Yeah. And uh, He come busting in. Yeah. Beat the crap out of me and left. Yeah, he beat the snot out of me. I fought him one time and it wasn't even like 
he just appeared seemingly because I didn't beat anybody. He just like ran into a room one time, beat the crap out of me, and left. And I was like, this is worse than Gary. Yeah, I didn't find him very. He was kind of funny, but I, it was he, like back when the beginning when your rivals are more rude than anything. I guess. Oh yeah. The one one cool thing too though is in two thousand and one, they did put out a sequel, but Japan only. Yeah. I'm surprised, surprised they didn't put it. In. America sold a lot more copies. I'm surprised yeah, they didn't come to America. I don't know why either. It was on the Game Boy Color as well. Mm, it was. I don't uh, know if the Game Boy Advance was out yet. It was called Pokemon Trading Card Game. Here comes Team Rocket. Hmm. Now you can uh, since people have you know due to fan enthusiasm, people have made fan translations of the game that you can. You get in the ROMs, yeah. Yeah, that you can get. So it's probably not that hard to find. I'm trying to think. You probably play, play, you probably download it and play it on your phone if you wanted to. Well, speaking of that, they're actually doing. Um, I think it may have started already, but there is a Pokemon TCG phone app hmm. that you can play now. You can play online with people, I, and they're still heading it and everything. But it's, I think it uses a like AR technology where like you throw the card down and then the card like old school you give the card the monster sits above the card and stuff like that. Do they do all that? I think so. Because it could have just been AR. You got to you got to have the cards or something. I don't think. Well, if you have the cards, you can scan the little barcode in the corner and put the card in game, or you can do in game purchases and in game boosts. Yeah, that sounds like you could search any barcode you wanted, though. Probably online. It's hard to do stuff like that. Yeah, they might as well. If you're gonna do a digital thing, you might might as well have its own digital economy. Yeah, but I haven't looked into it too much. I've thought about it, but Hmm. I don't even play Pokemon Go that much or anything like that. I don't play Pokemon Go at all. Uh, what else you got for this game? Are you running, running to the end of your stuff, end of your notes? I think so. I'm doing a quick run through now. Let's see, it was Gen One only. Uh, like you, it does one thing. I hundred percent do not like when it comes to card games. Is you get four decks and you can build anywhere in those four decks, but if you need something more, you have to disassemble and rearrange. Which I get, which is fine. You don't need to have unlimited decks, but whenever you build a deck. It takes the cards out of your general collection and you can't use them again unless you take them out. Mm-hmm. Which I've played card games where they're like, you have your collection and it exists always. So I can literally make infinite number of decks, but because it's one deck, it doesn't deplete it from my collection. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like in this, if I had, if I had say, four, I'll just say I had four Eevees. And I wanted, instead of, I wanted two decks to have four EVs. I couldn't. I literally had to go to one deck, take two out, and put them in. It mm-hmm. was kind of lame. But it was I also think, limited I, space on the cartridge, which I, I think, understand. Yeah, that's mostly what that was, was, limited space. I don't really think I have anything else other than I did enjoy it. Yeah, do you have a, um, a particularly favorite deck, or were you changing so much, changing so much it didn't matter? Probably my, oddly enough, the best deck that I would go with. Uh, was my God? I think it was my Fighting Fire deck, which was a uh, um, you know, charge. Because in the beginning, you get to pick your starter, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you're given a deck that's designed around the Bulbasaur, Squirtle, or Charmander. And I started with the one, and it was a uh, Charmander and Fighting type. It's Charmander and Friends, which is fire fighting and a splash of electric, and. I used that one a but matter of fact, I didn't 
augment like I made other decks, but that deck itself I didn't actually augment until around Club Five mm. or Six for me, because I was just like I need because I did everything else I, I did and I, I did like the order that you're supposed to like the water gym the grass gym I kind of like did it to myself but I didn't augment that deck at all for the longest time because I was like I'm winning with it I don't want to keep winning yeah I don't, I don't want to jinx it yeah you get like a perfect little uh perfect balance in the deck somewhere yeah so do you build decks or do you do the auto builder oh I built my own yeah I, I figured you would you like you like building decks I built my own often, and they I I wrecked a couple because the the Dragonite in the card game is pretty amazing. Yeah, for Pokemon, it's not very good in Gen One at least. Yeah. It's that it? Yeah, I don't really have. I mean, I, I I enjoyed it, and if they put out another one, I would play it too. And yeah. I might take a look at the online card game. I'm surprised they didn't come back around and made another one. I mean, it would work real well on the DS, you know. Oh yeah, hand hand in the bottom screen, the game at the top screen. I mean, I it's weird that sometimes people just or come your bench on the bottom screen, or your bench yeah. on the yeah yeah you're right yeah bench on the bottom screen, your hand would just pop up on top of. It. I mean, there's just these weird things that you think they would do that just never happen, especially things that sell well. But maybe maybe it was maybe it has something to do with them being so. Have, maybe they're just too busy to run another, make another game. You or know, like man, we're making so much money off the card game. Let's the, not the, 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 let's not hurt. Draw our, attention away from the. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot on that. No. Yeah, I think there's new. Uh, even the new Magic games, though, they have where you spend money to buy packs and stuff. Like they can do that. Yeah. Maybe what that online game you're talking about does. That's maybe. probably what it is. In-game purchases with yeah. Poke coins or real-life money. I'll look into it. We'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, to stay in theme, we are again not going to talk about this one over. We're going to continue talking about Pokemon games again, not mainline mainline games, which we've debated talking, doing episodes about the mainline franchise. We just haven't got to it yet. We're we're three gens deep, fourth gen ready to go. The second game that we'll be talking about today is Detective Pikachu. Of a, it originally came out in Japan February 3rd, 2016 as a uh, download eShop exclusive. Was download, download only at first? Mm-hmm. But it only had the th- uh, three chapters because they were going to break it down. But then apparently it got a lot of notice. Hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to make... And it stayed in the eShop for two years, February 3rd, 2016 to January 12th, 2018. Now, upon uh, the January 12th, 2018, they've removed it from the eShop and announced that they were making a full game, hmm. a larger full version of the game. And then, it, you know, literally, they were making, but literally two months later, they put it out worldwide. Yeah. And March 23rd, 2018. Now, the original title was called The Great Detective Pikachu, Birth of a New Duo. That's an incredible mouthful. That's a mouthful. 
and so they definitely just shrunk it to Detective Pikachu, and it went it jumped from three chapters to nine chapters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the developer is Creatures. <laughs> See the beginning of the last section. <laughs> yes, basically, <laughs> it's, it's literally just Creatures, and they're the only ones who worked on this. They didn't have help from anybody else. It was just Creatures. Very cool. So that was pretty. I thought that was pretty dope. The game is also it is DS only, mm-hmm. well eShop and DS, but it's the same thing. It's, yeah. it's only this is a, a, a quite a quite a leap from Pokemon trading card game and on the Game Boy Color to two thousand we say two thousand eighteen for Detective Pikachu is a full three DS adventure. Full, well, yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a three DS adventure. Yeah, it's a talk. It's mostly a talking game, but and speaking of talking, it is like. Like 90%, 95%. Like 90%, 90% voiced. Yeah. And it is good voices, and I'll get into that here in just a little bit. Yeah, well, it makes me wonder when I went back and we complained about why Sword and Shield were not voiced, and then Detective Pikachu is almost entirely, almost entirely voiced. Though it is much smaller, but not really. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of spoken dialogue. Yeah, a lot. And cool, if they only, and again, with Sword and Shield on a supposedly more powerful console, yeah. why wasn't it voiced? Couple scared to Scarlet and whatever. Violet. Private, Violet. we won't be voice acted again. I'll be, you know, just as pissed as I am about Sword and Shield as I am about that. We'll see. Is Ar- Arceus? I have no idea. We haven't played Arceus yet. Arceus, Arceus, we haven't played it yet. We'll, 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 we'll dive into that later. Uh, so, the... Um, kind of give it a little bit it is a narrative driven adventure game mm-hmm. with uh, graphically speaking the graphics are pretty good a little yeah, a little choppy but I mean it's you know so, yeah this is about the most this came out after there's some Aloha Pokemon so this is after Sun and Moon mm-hmm. I'm not sure this what, is I think the best is, is this after is this in, after Sun and Moon or after Ultra I don't know this is the, the probably the best of Pokemon game that the the company even said when when Sun and Moon had come out that they had made Pokemon look as good as it can on a handheld. Yeah, they can't look any better. And this, and this came out after after those, so this is probably the best looking uh, Pokemon game you'll see <clears throat> on a handheld. And then you can still see this if you're just used to modern graphics, things just look choppy around the edges of characters sometimes. And it's just the, it's just the not HD thing. The game still looks. Uh, very good. I will say, I think it looks great for a. And you know, on the small screens, you don't even really notice the not HD not stuff really. of things. That's kind of the point. When something's designed on a small screen like that, it's designed to look the way it does, and I think it looks uh really good. And, and again, we came off of we came off of Ruby and Sapphire. I keep saying it, but those were Game Boy Advance games. Look, looked really good. They still look pretty good for their time, for sure. Because oh, yeah. we we jumped from Gold and Silver to Ruby and Sapphire, and that's a whole that's that's basically a, a generation leap. And a gen leap like that's pretty cool. So I sort of maybe sort of wish we, we, we just said we saved Detective Pikachu for like after we played Sun and Moon because I've been going through these games kind of blind and kind of experiencing new Pokemon as they come along. So then I started seeing Pokemon in this that I hadn't seen because I haven't played to that gen. So I sort of kind of wish we saved this game for later. So now I now I've had the graphic now I've had the graphical leap from like uh, Ruby and, Sapp- Ruby and Sapphire, which Game Boy Advance until like maxed out 3DS. And then now when I go back next, we're playing Diamond and Pearl. I have to go back to like 
early early 3ds not even early ds 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 yeah yeah so ds early ds which will still look cool i'm sure but early ds graphics and work my way back up through the franchise to get back to where, what this game looks like yeah <sighs> um one like i said speaking of like really good voice acting uh for the english version of pikachu because the japanese version it's is ron reynolds no uh, and for the game, the English version, the Japanese version is a very gruff, like detective voice. Like, mm-hmm. hey, arr, he's a really deep, gravelly voice. And so, Pikachu. Uh, in America, there is a massive following, a, a petition online. They got a, all these signatures and it got a bunch of steamroll and it made it yeah. all the way to. Didn't work. To Danny DeVito. They wanted Danny DeVito to do the voice of Pikachu. And he was like, cool, what's Pokemon? Yeah, and they're like, oh, and he's like, you know what? I don't, I don't know what the is. I don't want to disrespect fans. Thank you for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. If something else comes along, think of me again. But I, I don't want to disrespect people by not knowing what the source material is or what it's about. So at least he was cool about it. Yeah, and but it it would have been amazing if he was the voice of this Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Not that the, not that the guy they got did a bad job. Oh, he, he, he was fine, but it would have just been great to have Danny DeVito. Yeah, and I said Ron Reynolds because if you don't, if you have somehow haven't seen the Detective Pikachu live action movie, which was made because of the popularity of this game, uh, Ryan Ren- they got Ryan Reynolds to voice. Well, now why they got they got Ron Reynolds so they have a name in the movie. No, I said why would they get Ron Reynolds and not just get the original voice actor? It's because they needed to slap a name onto that movie. I'm sure. What do you mean? The original voice actor. The original Pikachu voice actor. Well, she does... No, I mean, the Detective oh. Pikachu oh, game from, voice actor. Oh. Why, did, why didn't they use him for the movie? Oh, I don't because know. Because they wanted... They needed... I mean, come on, it's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, they they needed to needed slap a, a name onto the movie. America needed an American name up there. Because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. America's racist. And um, speaking of... Uh, so the, the voiceover in Danny DeVito, that was all pretty cool. You do get to see one of the... My biggest things about the game is you get to play Pokemon without being a Pokemon trainer. Yeah. Like people you encounter are people living their lives in a Pokemon yeah. world. Like even, it, even your main character seems somewhat oblivious of Pokemon in a, in a sometimes like yeah. he's like surprised by Pokemon things. Like it's weird. Like you play Pokemon games and you have like this general knowledge of Pokemon or you know something involves into something. He has this like sense where he's like surprised when Pokemon do things, or surprised when a Pokemon evolves because of a because of a story event. He's like, oh, I didn't know that was gonna happen, but like, but at us in the video game real world, you know, world where we're like, oh yeah, of course it evolves into that. Yeah, what are you stupid? Are you stupid. <laughs> but the guy was not only uh, not a trainer. He's generally does not. He doesn't have a, a like most people you meet in the game. Even if they're not trainers, they have a partner Pokemon. This kid just has nothing, I guess, so he could pair up with Pikachu, I guess, in the storyline. But why didn't he have anything beforehand? Why does he seem generally kind of not interested in Pokemon? It was very—it's very strange. It is because it, it, it was just—it was so cool. Yeah, like seeing it genuinely. It felt lived in, and it was one of the other things. It's stuff that you don't get. In the main games, you you see, oh cool, this Miss Machop is stomping grounds so they can build a a building over there. Or look, this Chansey works at the Poké Center. Ha ha, you know it's it's there. But this was like, and it, it it gave him more personality too, 
because Pikachu would speak with him. Mm-hmm. Um, primary example will go basically with like your first area, your first like the tutorial chapter is um, <clears throat> something gets stolen from a little girl and it's an apom. And they, you know, misfits playing around and they, three of them run off. And you got to try to discover which way it went and so on and so forth. And you start talking to all the people and then Pikachu with you. And he's speaking to the Pokemon and translating what they're saying to you. That's kind of cool. And so it's really cool because you'll get uh, one of the... One of the we kind of skipped ahead where you bump into him and meet him for the first time. And he's like, he's, he's weirded out because he can, he can understand him. But he can understand Pikachu, but nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of like, I don't want to like oh you know that's the story you'll get that real quick I was like yeah. you, if you'll play you'll play and then because one of the things is two two things early on is he he you know gets into a fight with a bird you have to investigate the scene with this apoms at and you're like oh there's some garbage there's a bird feather and what else is there. Okay, and then you just, it's literally just becomes like a, a pseudo point and click. It's all dialogue. It's not really a point and click, but it's all dialogue adventure. Walk here, talk to this person. Walk over here, talk to that person. Walk Kinda back like to there. Yeah. Some old double finds. Like, uh, fa- well, all, all adventure games are walk. We, we, we did point and clicks on this, on this show before. Yeah. It's just walking back and forth talking to people. The game could be a point and click, but it gives you control to walk back and forth and yeah. talk. All you do is talk to people. And,. Basically, the whole point is you have to figure out which one of these birds knocked this apom out. And you're like, I have a black feather. Okay. Uh, is it going to be this P-Doof? Is it going to be this Talo? Is it going to be this Murkrow? Or is it going to be this Wingle? And the, my biggest concern with the problem with the game is I figured out what was going on like, I don't know, a half hour before the game let me no, just because I know Pokemon. I get it. It's designed for kids. Yeah, yeah, the, game, the game is designed for kids. Maybe the mysteries work better on kids. But this happens. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of the the length of the game, maybe. But this game, this does get exhausted. Like he says he says this time, but throughout the game, through most of the mysteries, if you're paying attention at all, you will have solved a lot of these mysteries 15 minutes to a half hour before the game. Where you do all the steps to get to the point to figure out who it was. Like you're sitting here playing the game and you have a black feather, like Blake says, and you have four suspect Pokemon, and only one of those Pokemon is black. So if you if you were a detective, you'd be like <laughs> It's a black Pokemon it's a black feathered Pokemon. Yeah. We're not racist, I promise. <laughs> Nobody even thought that till you're pointing it out. Freaking racist! But you're sitting there like you're playing the game, and, and the guy like the little main character dude, what's his name? Tim. Tim. Tim Goodman. Tim Goodman. List off these Pokemon, and you're like, well, I mean, it's the black Pokemon. It's the black Pokemon. Like it's the only feather that matches the black Pokemon. But you have to walk around for a, and talk to every single suspect Pokemon, a few humans around you, and like really like get a bunch of clues and a bunch of different conversation pieces, and really just narrow it down and meet other Pokemon on the way to finding the Murkrow and like everything and all elite, like like an hour of a whole thing. And there's like, I guess it was a Murkrow. I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, it was buddy. Good, good job catching up with the rest of the class here. But, but I mean, granted, granted grown men playing a Pokemon game again, we understand, but it's just like, come on now. It, it, I mean, I always kind of wish this is a different, different subject. I kind of wish the Pokemon games would kind of build more towards, uh, their audience a little bit like a lot of I mean I even there's a lot of millions billions of Pokemon players but there's a lot of 
older folks who do play Pokemon because they played when they were kids and they kept up with the series. Mm-hmm. Write some of this stuff or make some of this stuff. There's not a puzzle in this entire game that you don't figure out way before they get to the point. And it kind of makes the we'll get that kind of makes the game exhausting a little bit. You do go like one of the things I it said you it brings out the personality of the Pokemon for sure. The two in particular in this opening area uh, is a Pidoof and a Talo. Now Pidoofs are pigeons. They're really stupid. They're really stupid, and they have very short memories to the point that literally, while Pikachu is talking to him and asking about, "Oh, did you see a, the apom fall out of the tree?" It's like, "Yeah, I saw it." Oh, what'd you see? What were you asking? No, no, no. Uh, what did you see? A apom and something fall and it fell. What happened? Oh, I saw that. What'd you ask me? <laughs> oh, food. And it, it was just so... Dis- it was, it was like, oh, I can't talk to this thing. It's so stupid. <laughs> and Pikachu would literally say, this thing's so stupid, I can't talk to it anymore. And so... And a Talo... Talos are very... Um, Hub- what's, what's, hubris? What's the... Yeah, arrogant. Vain. Vain. Vain, 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 yes. Very vain, apparently. And it would always preen itself. And if it, it would, if it caught itself in like a, the mirror or reflection of itself, it would literally stop talking to you and look at itself. And then you'd have to get its distraction, and it would like it would apologize and keep going, but then it would look again and get distracted again by itself and preen, and it was, and all of like every Pokemon in the game has a personality. Well, well a lot of them, a lot of them have personality traits and stuff like that. It almost felt like again, like the first half of the game is it, it's strong, mm-hmm. and then like once you get past that point, it almost feels like they stopped trying too, because there's not as much care for some of these things. It's almost like they put a lot of heart and soul into those first three chapters. Yeah. And then kind of, I don't want to say they coasted, but coasted the next six. Yeah. Because uh, they yeah. Cause they, didn't have, they weren't under a time frame. Yeah. For those first three. They're just kind of like, let's, let's just have the pet project so, and do so this. Every chapter does. You are trying to figure out, like the main character, Tim mm-hmm. Goodman, is trying to figure out his dad disappeared. So, like, he's there to find his dad. He don't care anything about Pokemon. But then there's a larger, uh, Pokemon-related, a larger Pokemon-related things are happening. This this mystery of this uh, dark, misty stuff that's, like, poisoning Pokemon and driving them crazy. So then he, like, starts really looking into that. And his dad is involved in well, that. he finds out when he goes to his dad's apartment, he finds, like, his secret notebook and his dad was already investigating Inves- this. Investigating and that, that probably same what thing. led so to that, his that, disappearance. So that kind of ties those two things together. And you end up going from place to place, chasing... You're kind of chasing your dad who's also leading you in the same direction and trying to figure out why all these Pokemon are, like, going crazy and doing bad things. And then they wake up later not knowing what happened. It happens a couple of times throughout the game. You see it happen a couple of times. And then you go to places where it had just happened and you talk to Pokemon who watched it. Watched the Pokemon, like, freak out. Like, one of the big ones was the amusement park where the Charizard was, po- its was poisoned. And yeah. it got poisoned by the misty stuff and it flipped out. What's this stuff called? It's just called R. R. It went crazy, made a bunch of damage, and pretty much closed down that amusement park because it did so much damage and scared too many people. Um, another thing is like, well, maybe you've also seen this game. Well, can't talk about how it kind of, it's somewhat. I need to watch the movie again. It's something. The movie somewhat follows this game a little bit, like the kind of the over overarching story, maybe. But like, again, if you've seen the movie, you know who the you know who the Pikachu is. So you're like playing this game, 
and like the Pikachu, like you meet other people who knew his dad, and that's his dad's Pikachu. I think you forgot to mention that's his dad's Pikachu. Uh, yeah. It's his dad's Pikachu, and uh, you meet people, you're talking to people who knew his dad, who knew the Pikachu, and they're like, "Man, that Pikachu sure is acting weird ever since your dad disappeared." For your dad's yeah. name, Harry. Harry, since Harry disappeared. And then you're like, uh, you go to the coffee shop and like, you're in the Pikachu's like in love with coffee and can't wait to drink a whole bunch of coffee. And the guy was like, that's weird. This Pikachu never drank coffee before. And it's also like your dad's favorite coffee, man. That sure is strange. Yeah. I was like, okay, so clearly his dad's inside the Pikachu spoilers. Sorry. I should have said that first, but I mean, it's in the, when it's in the movie and two, it's like beating you in the face with this information and Tim's is a, is kind kind of an idiot. Though he's a he's an amazing detective, but he's, he's kind a, of yeah an he's, idiot. he's he's like he's like a top detective, but he's kind of stupid. Like at the same time, everybody brags about how great he is at detecting stuff, and he has the obvious clues right in his face about where his dad is. I don't know. I thought that was really silly, and it really it really beats you in the face with that stuff. In the beginning of the game, with lots of different people saying different things about people, at least people, people that knew Harry and knew that Pikachu. You run, you run into quite a few people who knew, who worked with his dad. Now, the game is, like I guess we bro- it is broken up into nine different chapters, and I think they're pretty distinct locales, too. I thought that was yeah. very good. Like you, You're going through a couple of things that are similar, like a few, uh, I'm not going to tell you, that, but you go, you have the park, the opening area. And then there's a cave, mm-hmm. and then there's the the laboratory that's got some. All Pokemon games got gotta have a cave. Mm-hmm. And then after the laboratory, there's the island. Then there's an amusement park, and then there's the the news building, the mm-hmm. uh, the cruise ship, the wharf, the dock wharf port, whatever you want to call it, and then the like the the cityscape, the parade. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of the big parade happening at the end. But everybody's worried about the R, like the uh, worried about having a parade and the Pokemon freaking out. But so the parade, you always know at the beginning of the game, the upcoming parade is probably going to be the final little set piece. Yeah, and each locale is different. Yeah, and but you, and one of the other things you can tell is around. Which one was it? I'd say around the the amusement park, almost the exact. The amusement park is also the shortest area. It only has two screens that you can bounce through, so it almost feels like you it shouldn't have been there. But whatever. But it's but chapter that the amusement park is also the first time where they start reusing Pokemon you've already seen before. Mm-hmm. Like I think in one of them you see there's a Murkrow at the amusement park. There's a Murkrow at the amusement park. In the laboratory, there is a Garbodor. But in the music part, there's a Trubish, which is the first form. And so it's it's the same Pokemon. They just started kind of like, oh, we're maybe running out of time. Let's just start reusing some assets and stuff. And just and you can, and so the personality, it, you can tell it just, it does stop taking itself as seriously and just kind of starts going through the motions. And it's a little weak sauce about mm-hmm. halfway through, which is disappointing considering how much I did love the game turning it on. And by the end of it, I was just so, like, so, uh, Blake noticed my, my attitude changes when I, when I turn it on. I was like, this is, this is really cool. It's really interesting. It's really like, it's, it, it just looks cool. It's, it's like the way, the way the world is presented. I haven't, we haven't played any games like this. And like, you see how uh, the living, breathing world, they're like bragging about that with with just now and like Scarlet and Violet, they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a living, breathing, blah blah blah." And the Pokemon will be it all feel natural. I'm like, 
how are you just now doing this? And the most, why didn't Sword and Shield do it? Blah blah blah. But this is the what this game has. And I, we talked about earlier the living, breathing part of Pokemon, living actually living in the world and looking more natural. All that is really pulls you in in the beginning of the game, especially if you played a bunch of other games. It really pulls you in, and everything is real interesting. We're talking three or four chapters in, though. You realize all you're doing is walking back and forth across places, and you're talking to people. But you're, but you're, but by then you're getting, you're getting tired. Like you're, you're three, four. Each of these areas is an hour, hour and a half, probably. But you're as maybe, maybe a kid won't really won't bother a kid as much. But you're really solving a mystery. That you like kick, kick in a door, and you're like, I solved it. Go talk to these fifteen people first, and then we'll then we'll tell you when you solved it. We're like, okay, like the the new station, uh, the new station is clearly like you find out like there's a goat, there's a there's a haunting there. There's a lab, the, the lab. Sorry, the lab, not the new station. The lab. There's a haunting. I'm, I'm like, I'm, well, for me, it was a, a little bit of a. Well, I think you kind of see a picture of him a little bit, a little bit. But two, like the most famous ghost Pokemon in Pokemon is still a, is still a Gengar. I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be a Gengar, a mischievous Gengar, causing trouble with this lab. A half hour later, they're like, I think, I think it was a Gengar. And it's like, oh man. And that was was it three, four, That's five chapters, third or fourth. But and you do you start, I hate to say it, but you do get it kind of exhausted by it. Even if I was playing like one chapter a night, maybe you just start to kind of, okay, yeah, this game maybe it's not. I don't even know if the quality. You said like the quality seems like it drops off. But I think I think it stays. I think maybe maybe the quality stays or just your or mindset and your enthusiasm kind of drops off for you know three four five chapters in and you got to keep on going to the end. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's worth. I told you to go ahead and play it. It's definitely worth. And you did like it a lot in the beginning too, and then you started to kind of like me. You kind of drag drag your heels to the to the second half to a. A semi conclusion, and we won't spoil that. There's a semi conclusion that the game does actually lead almost directly into another game, and I, I think I, they, they've announced Detective Pikachu too. I do want to talk about that. I'll talk about that real quick. Yeah, we we do. I mean, if you have anything else, we can talk about a sequel if you want. But I'll or, talk about them, and I want to talk about the the voice actors here in a second too. You know, we troll we trolled off from the voice actors. Yeah, we'll just talk about the voice actors real quick, and then we'll end on the. Okay. Upcoming works. sequel, and then we'll wrap up. All right, so I'll tackle Tim Goodman's voice actor. is uh, a, is named uh, Koi Dao. And he's uh, kind of new to the, the voice acting game. Uh, I think he's only been around since, what was it, like 2016? And so he's done, uh, he's in that Demon Slayer game, uh, show. Uh, it, I don't. It's just like it was just like various voices and like some characters that weren't the main characters. I'm not sure how important they were, but then he's in another anime called Mob Psycho, where he plays a character named Toshiki, which was a pretty prominent character in Mob Psycho. He's also in that, it's also popular called Cells at Work, and he played the villainous Cancer Cells. And so that was like some animes he's done. Now for some games, he's in uh, Genshin Impact, which has been pretty. It's a, hot, it's a hotness right now. It's a hotness right now. He's also in Deathloop, which is a yeah arcane game. Mm-hmm. He's been in that. And then something that you'll be interested in, since you're kind of going through it, he does voice work in After Party. My second game from uh, Night School. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. playing I'm playing through Oxen Free right now. And Oxen Free, they did after, after Oxen Free, they did After Party, and then they've announced Oxen Free too. So, and so like I said, he's got 
he doesn't have a whole whole lot to his name. He's still I mean, he just like got like sixty plus things, but I I didn't even reckon I didn't recognize the Japanese name of the anime or the picture of the anime because there's anime everywhere. Uh, now for the gentleman who did Pikachu's, he he's got a much larger portfolio of two hundred plus things. He's been he's been doing it for a minute now. And some I just kind of tackled some of the more recent ones and ones that may be more prevalent to us. Now he's he's done voice work, various voices uh, in One Punch Man, <clears throat> which is uh, kind of new hotness. He's also had a prominent role in Demon Slayer. He had like I think twelve or thirteen episodes. And uh, in the twenty sixteen re version of uh what's that berserk berserk he was guts in the 2016 remake really remake continuation of the anime after the movies he was guts so they did the movies so he he, he did, did he, not do the movies he did the movies the original voice actor did the movies and then didn't come back for the show didn't come back. and then the show stopped and we never got well then also Ken Shiromontaro died uh, so we're never going to get the ending to berserk we'll never see an ending now like 20, gonna, 20, unless, 25, 30 years of waiting for this anime to be finished and then need to die. Unless someone comes along and like, oh, he took enough notes here. Like, you know, I'm sure they're trying because they, people want an ending. Yeah. But, uh, now three cool things. And he does voice work in Seven Deadly Sins. He's the voice of Hendrickson. The mm-hmm. uh, main villain and in season one and continues throughout the, is a, Pseudo good guy. You know who I'm talking about, Hendrickson? Yeah, the gray-haired guy. The gray-haired with the red armor, the spikes all over and stuff. So he's yeah, a deep, manly voice for oh, that Pikachu. Star Shatter and his son's gr- gr- uh, Grimoire. That's the brown-haired guy with the long hair. Yeah, with the long hair. Yeah, yeah, with the spikes. Okay, I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking of the gray... Who's the gray-haired guy? Um, he's, all, he's also a bad guy turned a good guy. Who's the gray-haired guy? I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, Hendrickson... Because they 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 kind of pair up afterwards. They're yeah. like buddy buddy. Because they're, they're they're friends forever. What's his name. They're both they both they're, they're, both, they're both they're both bad guys in the beginning. That yeah. show man, that show sucked eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't the Seven Deadly Sins podcast. So he he's Hendrickson, and uh, in Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, mm-hmm. he's a uh, Hijiyama. Which one's that? I, I, I know we, we Yakisoba Pond. Oh, that guy. He's the, the he even kind of looks like that guy. He's the displaced. He kind of looks like Hendrickson. He's the displaced soldier from World War Two. He's all about Yakisoba Pond and yeah, it's, that, that's like his entire character. And eventually ends up being gay. Not eventually. He's like gay the entire time. Maybe he just doesn't just, know it. Or just something. Somehow doesn't doesn't know it. it. Was it was a string. It was yeah. he was funny, but yeah. And then uh, now I'm super excited about this because we haven't played this, but we both want to. Mm-hmm. He's in Yakuza Seven, and he's the main English voice actor for Ichiban. Ichiban. See, but my problem is I won't play. I won't play Yakuza. Seven in Japanese because I play the entire Yakuza series in Japanese. I'll probably will too, but I still think that's pretty cool. That he's cool. he the cool. voice of Ichiban. That's cool. You wouldn't think that he's the same guy who played Detective Pikachu. So it would be kind of funny. So having that same voice, someone going, "Dragon Quest is an amazing RPG," you know, and talking about the world being in RPG form. That's funny. So it's, that's it's, a good role for him because that because that game exploded. So yes, yeah, so I'm great. I hope there's more. Well, well they've already confirmed. There's oh, yeah. more. The game did extremely well. Now, as Drew said earlier, uh, Detective Pikachu was uh, a hit immediately. Uh, so, like I said, it worldwide released March 23rd, 2018. 
So I'm sure people in America maybe got a hold of like they have like Japanese DSs and maybe have gotten got a hold of that sooner. But we'll just base this off the timeline of it hit worldwide March 23rd, 2018. It became an American movie. It was released May 10th, 2019. God, that's a really fast turnover. Uh, what is that? Uh, 14 like the, months. I would say that's the first time in video game movie history that somebody actually struck while the iron was hot instead of making a movie a decade after the games were done. Yeah. It, it was 14 months. That's wild. And the Take a Pikachu, Pikachu is, a, is, a, is not, not a cheap movie. No. It was, it, yeah. Now, there were some subtle differences. Yeah, well, Tim Goodman's not, not around in the live-action movie. Yeah, he is. He's Tim. It's Tim. Is that the same guy? It's it's Tim. It's Tim Goodman. Yeah, the the only difference. He's not the same guy though. Yeah, it is. It's Tim Goodman going oh. after his father, Harry Goodman. Yeah, it's not like it's the same. Well, the, what they did is they 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 fluctuated the, uh, the a little bit. So in the game, he's eighteen, hmm. and he's looking for his missing father. Now in this one, he's twenty one. And he, he's going to the city because his parents are separated to pick up his father's effects because his father is uh, dead. There was a huge car crash and like your your father, we couldn't find the body in the fire, but your father, we're assuming he's dead. So come pick up his effects and all this stuff. Dark. You get just a little more Americanized, more dark. And then you have uh, two characters. Uh, you have Amelia, uh, Amelia, which is Tim's love interest in the game. And her friend Mako, and they both work for the news company. She's like a reporter, and Mako's the cameraman. Now, in the movie, you get uh, they they Americanized her name, of course. Uh, I forget what it is off the top of my head. Lucy Stevens. I don't know why they would change that name. I don't know, but they they Lucy Stevens, and in the games, neither one of them had a a Pokemon partner, but they gave, they they combined both those characters into Lucy Stevens. So she, and her cameraman was her pet Psyduck. So they kind of like, they made sure everyone had a Pokemon in the movie. And then they, you, you go to literally everywhere you go in the game, you go to in the movie. Yeah, I, I, I got a faint memory of the movie. Yeah. So I want to rewatch it. Now they they changed the, the names a little bit to make them, because one of them, like, I think the lab's called literally the Pokemon Logistics Company or something like that. Or I think it's called Pokemon Laboratory Company. And they're like, let's, let's change that name. That's a dumb name. And same thing for the the news company is GEN, which is like Global National News. And I'm like, let's change this to like Rhyme City Night News or something. Like they, you know, they, but you literally go to all the places and everything. They maybe not in the same order, but you do go to them. So they do a pretty good job. Now, um, the movie did well, like and all that stuff. And I think it was the highest grossing video game movie until Sonic came out. Yeah. And now, like they, like they once the, they announced the movie that the movie was coming out, and then when the movie came out, like a month or so later, they also announced that they were working on Detective Pikachu two that would be exclusive to the Switch, mm-hmm. and they went out of their way to say, hey, I guess because they want people to buy the game, they're like, hey, um, it will have a compl- the game Detective Pikachu two will have a completely different resolution. Than what the movie had. Oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe the the writers nailed it so hard they're like, "Oh crap, we got to change our ending <laughs> or something," yeah. or like the 
<laughs> so the game developers who thought they had this big, maybe thought they had the big secret that Detective Pikachu was his dad. And they're like, nobody will figure this out. And the movie comes out and they're like, oh crap. Everybody knows. Everybody knows it's his dad now. We got we to gotta completely change our game. How'd they figure it out? Our clues were so subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> subtle indeed. And like, I'll, I'll play it. Yeah. I won't. I don't know. We bought this one because there's hard. Well, I guess game. I guess technically we, we technically we could have rented it on GameFly maybe, but yeah, we're buying DS we games. We bought it cheap and it was like what ten, fifteen bucks. I don't know. I think it's a pretty pretty expensive cartridge. I feel like mm. might have caught it at a local store here in Nashville somewhere. I don't think I would. I, I not don't think I know. I won't play it again. I have no reason to play Detective Pikachu again. No. Uh, no. I don't. I. I if I want to play it again, I'll just watch the movie. <laughs> watch the movie, yeah. Because I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's almost the same thing. I mean, the, the, they had some other other subtle changes. That, um, one of the people you meet in the in the guy the guy who runs the the news company is like a dude named like Randolph Clifford, and so Randolph bad guy. Yeah, but in the movie, uh, you 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 encounter this guy and he runs a uh, Clifford Industries. Uh, and you meet that guy. He, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, he uh, doesn't end up being the bad guy. His father ends up being the bad guy, which is played by Bill Nye. And hmm. the, so they kind of keep it in the line, but he's not the bad guy. And about halfway through the game, you meet a character named Norman, who ends up being like he's like, "Haha, I'm a bad guy. I got a Scropey and a Noivern that do things for me." Now. In the movie, you get a new character named Norman, but it's not that guy. It's a character they just changed it to Miss Norman. They just uh, the last name's Norman, so I'm like, oh, that's fun, kind of funny. But by the end of that, Miss Norman actually ends up being a Ditto, who's disguised as a human the entire movie. Hmm, weird. So there's just some like subtle changes, but they still get the point across. Yeah. And it, none of them really bothered me too much. Like once I went when I when I read the differences, I was like, oh. I'm okay with that. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't anything. They did cram this entire. We're talking nine chapters. We're talking nine ten hour. Ten hour adventure. Probably like with, into it into it. Yeah, hour, like a ten to fifteen hour and a half. Almost. Hour I think it's an almost two hour. Almost movie. two hour movie. So you can see there could have been a little bit of a. Granted, you can't. It's hard to. It's games and movies aren't comparable usually, but like you said, it got the same story, the same idea across in the movie basically. In a kind of a, a much more enjoyable fashion, and they still it literally they visit everywhere. Yeah, if I just bang through it at a rapid pace, because like even the 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 high five cafe uh, that's got the Ludicolo as the waiter and the dude, uh, you they go to they go to the high five cafe though briefly, and there is a Ludicolo that uh, that bartends for the bar and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like it's all like they it's did. A, I think they did a fantastic. Having played the game and watched the movie, I'm like they did a fantastic job. That's why it did so well. When you when yeah. you stay true to the where the art comes from, you have a successful thing. You change everything to meet expectations that don't exist, then you fail. Yeah. And speaking of, um, like, uh, like I said, it, it only got outdid by Sonic. We did go see Sonic Two this weekend, and if you ain't seen it and you like the first one, it's go. Awesome. It's great. It's awesome. I, I loved it. Yeah. It was we're not even. We're not even. We're not even Sonic fans, and the, the movies are cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, a really good sequel. Um, 
Is that all we got for this? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. If you are, do our last yep, thing. Yep, I'm going to bust this last thing because per usual, we do these things Sunday morning leading right into time for lunch, and we are getting hungry. We hungry boys. We hungry boys. Don't know what we're eating yet. We're going to get something. So, I have a band for you like I normally do on my on my you know alternating episodes. I have, another, I have another band for you that, as far as I can tell, is no longer around, which is sad. I keep I keep doing these bands for you. I know you people get maybe get sad when you hear a band like oh they're not around no more, but a lot of these bands, well I guess some have one album, but some bands have multiple albums. This band has five total albums you can you can listen to and get a good feel for the band and still even though they don't make music anymore, no you still got five albums to enjoy, sort of. Their first album, yeah, I mean you talked about it. The first album called Demon Angel. It, it sounds sound like, like it doesn't really sound like maybe they hadn't landed their sound yet, but their next their next album, which I kind of so so maybe you have four albums technically of what of generally what this band sounds like. This band is called Cannibalis, C A N O B L I S S. Now there's a little bit little, little bit of a story here. There's another thing if you search for them, somebody called Cannibalis with an A, and I think. Uh, I know Cannibalis, Cannibalis had to change their name, had some legal snafu, and had to end up changing their name, which is we're going to talk about here in a second. I wonder if this other person is maybe clearly the reason why they had to change their name. I clicked on that person, and I think they're still kind of making stuff, which is, is lame because they're just some random person that's, had, that's picked that name. I don't know if the name, I have no idea if the name means something or not. But Cannibalis... <laughs> And I actually bought. I mean, I actually followed them way back in the day on on, the, on their social medias and stuff. I forget how far back this goes, but I was following them and had on an email list. So when they put out a new CD, I was always following. I was in email, and I would always buy. I've bought all four of their main their albums, and they're one, two, and three under the name Cannibalist. And then the, the legal stuff, they end up changing their name or their band for the their right currently their last album. And uh, interestingly, they changed their name of their band to one of their songs and one of their album title one of their album their second album is called psychothermia weirdly enough dude i listened to a podcast the other day and somebody used that word in a conversation like it, it's it's a it's a it's a mental issue of, of something and somebody it like like somebody like ran over in a in a, in a conversation in a, in a podcast and i was like holy crap it's always funny when you think it's a made-up word yeah do you think it's a made-up word i didn't google it but they have an album called Psychothermia, and there's a title track on there called Psychothermia. Spoilers, it's the song I, me and Blake ended up agreeing on to play. But I guess that meant the most to them, and they ended up rebranding Cannibalist's name into a Psychothermia. And you get one album, their final album, the final album that I found is uh, called that. And it's, it, it's the same band, it sounds exactly like Cannibalist, it's just they had to change their name to keep from getting sued but i wonder if it was just a whole lot of trouble and they ended up not putting out anything else after that album so i'd always just drop that into my uh cannibalist playlist it all sounds the same and it's all uh really good the only difference between the two is uh, psychothermia is spelled like psycho p-s-y-c-h-o but the actual medical condition of psychothermia is c-y-c-l-o mm-hmm Okay. T-H-Y-M-I-A. What's, the, what's it mean? It is a mood disorder characterized by alternating periods of elevated and depressing moods that are milder than most cases of uh, typical bi- bipolar disorder. So it's like baby baby bipolar. Almost. With a much grander name. Well, I think it has a... Well, a 
it has fewer from what I was, it looks like it has fewer inconsistencies, but the mood swings are larger. Oh, okay. It, the the swing the swings happen less often when they swing. It's a bigger swing than just okay. your standard bipolar. Is what it's yeah, like. Yeah. Rock band using that for a name, Snow. Yeah. I wonder if that's like the swing of the emotions on that on that album, probably. And then they probably. was like, oh, we like that name. It sounds cool. Let's keep it for the yeah. the band because it's, it's it's I think it's a pretty high. Not think it is a pretty high energy band. Oh, yeah. They do some highs and they'll dip down. And some songs will kind of ramp up and down. It's it's pretty cool. I actually had forgot about this band. I'm going to be honest because I have so many playlists and so many bands on my Spotify. You scroll up and down, you forget about people. And Blake had brought them, re-brought them back into my, my attention. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll do them. I don't even remember what they, I listened to them. And I felt bad because I would followed them for so long and I bought all their albums. Like physically bought the albums. And then I listened them on Spotify and I was like, I mean, God, these guys are you awesome. A, you didn't even have a playlist. I didn't have a playlist because that, that's how I've missed them for so long. I had, I had a playlist. And then if you ain't on my playlist, and I, I forget you exist. I'm sorry. But uh, it was really, really cool. It was really, really awesome. Like, I was like jamming them for days. I was having really struggling to like, I had, I had to like save like three or four different songs. I was like, this will be really hard to pick a song. And then Blake thought about what said. I was like, why don't you just play that title track, which is... They got the title track from that album, which is what they changed their band name to. It's a great song. It kind of fits the whole idea of everything. And then you get that, and then you kind of can. It leads into this conversation here, which you talk about how they have one, you know one other yeah. album under that name. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's it's awesome. I'm so glad he got me back in because I listened to him for days and days and days and days, and I got uh, I showed him to Jessica, who obviously never heard of him. I want to try to keep an eye on him now. Um, they're kind of dormant, of course. This is what happens to bands. I hate that you would put out four albums or five albums technically, and then you would kind of, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to be hard to be in a band. Hard to make music. It's not free to put out albums and stuff like that. I wish they would kind of do something else, but I mean, but they put out a whole lot of music. There's a whole lot of music there to listen to, and uh, weirdly, it's on Spotify. And from what I gather, you have to pay to be on Spotify. So. Somebody's paying to keep their license well, up on it, Spotify. Uh, it also gets to a point. Uh, another matter of fact, Jared talked about it back on episode uh, fifty. Jared talked about that he took his. They took their first album off Spotify because it wasn't getting enough listens, mm -hmm. and so they had to. They were ended up having to kind of pay out of pocket for it, but with their second album, uh, New Horizon, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Uh, they say it was getting enough plays that the the amount of money that it was making it was basically they were deducting the payment from itself cost. and they weren't they were getting less money but they were also not having to pay Spotify to keep it on there. That's funny. That's how uh, this is behind the scenes stuff. That's how our Patreon is right now. Our Patreon pays for the people we pay Patreon. Like I I, I pay I'm on I pay other people's Patreons because I'm fans of other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I pay other Patreons and our Patreon. It, I've, I've watched the bill thing and it it pays for our Patreon right now. It like pays for our Patreon. Ain't that wrong with that? Yeah, so it's kind of kind of like we kind of like break even on that. It's pretty cool. It's funny how it, how it works out. Anyway, same idea. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I mean, so maybe but so maybe Cannibalist says or Psychothermia, however you, however you balance that, maybe has just enough listens to pay for itself. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. That's cool. I didn't. I only know because Jared talked about it. That's yeah. the only reason I remember. Way back when. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for the info, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and knowledge is power. Oh. Anyway, I think that's all I got. It's, it's, it's always kind of hard to really just, you just gush and brag over bands and you re really like them. And, and it's, it, I could talk all I want. It means nothing until you actually get, get to hear them. And that's what we're here for is you're going to hear a song on the end of this. I'm going to play 
the title track, Psychothermia, from their, technically their third album, if you count that first album, their third album called Psychothermia. That album came out in 2008. So you'll be hearing that at the end of this. It'll kick in as soon as Blake says his final stuff. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody who uh, sticks around. We have like a recurring number of people who kind of stick around. We really, really appreciate that. We're not trying to be a big podcast. We're not trying to make this a living. This is a fun hobby. We like having people who are listening. Uh, we have great people who inter- interact and say things to us. So we know we're maybe not maybe not just friends and family. I'm sure it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, our numbers yeah. are higher than friends or family, but talk to us. Yeah, please. <laughs> we're lonely and desperate. <laughs> we sit in dark rooms and play Pokemon games. Um, yeah. So with that uh, sad joke on the end there, uh, we'll wrap it up. Like I said, thank you everybody. And then uh, we'll be back. We have a, we have a, uh, we won't spoil it per se, but we do have a uh, one game selected for our next episode. Uh, something we've both played uh, somewhat recently. So we got that ready. It'll be a couple weeks from now, but uh, hope you enjoyed our little bit of Pokemon talk here of non, non mainline franchise Pokemon games. So that's all I got. I'll let Blake wrap it up here and you'll hear Psychothermia. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good Pikachu.
you're trying to lie. It's cold.